Well, joining me for a look at the equity scene is Devin Shute from the Robay Group. Thank you so much for your time, Devin. Uh, quite interesting that we are seeing this turnaround because after about three weeks of losses, we expected that momentum to continue. And it really looks like there was a storm brewing as we continue to see those losses. But also quite interesting that we're seeing this turnaround in the week that the Jackson Hole Symposium is taking place. Obviously, knowing that one of the big headwinds for the markets is the elevated interest rates, but also on the week that uh, China is continuing with disappointing uh, stimulus on that front. So what can you say about this performance that we are seeing? Yeah, thanks, Anati. I mean, I think those are those are the two big issues, aren't they? Is what's what the Fed and other central bank governors are going to do as as well as what's happening in China at the moment. And I think people's thoughts on those are, are dictating the volatility we're seeing in markets. You know, if you cast your mind back to what July was like in the markets, it was was an incredible time. And al almost as that month ended and we started August, it's really been one-way traffic. We've seen a lot of dollar strength, as you, you mentioned a bit earlier. Commodities have, have sold off a lot. And and I think um, maybe if we can just start to un unpack the China story a bit and yeah. we had further softer macro news out today, I, th I think that's really concerning market participants where we had this potential growth story when we were supposed to have the US in this highly anticipated recession. It now looks like the, the, the markets have swapped those around and, and seeming to be forecasting a soft US landing and, you know, China to really kind of muddling their way through possibly having to struggle with deflation. You know, whether those two are, are correct, that remains to be seen. And yeah, maybe we can dive in a bit more there. I mean, that's the thing, because I mean, with all these worries on China and seeming that stimulus is not really coming um, to, to the fore as uh, investors had anticipated, what's your approach in terms of, of investing uh, in China exposed stocks at this point? Sure. Well, I, I mean, I think that, that it's very difficult to, to disregard the Chinese economy and how it integrates into the you know global trade alone, just because of its sheer size. I mean, it's it's responsible still for 30% of manufacturing, and that's that's larger than the next three countries, which is the US, Japan, and Germany combined. So it still is a massive player. It's still expected to account for about a quarter of global growth over the next five years, according to the IMF. But you you know you hit the nail on the head with stimulus. I think the market has grown a bit frustrated that we're not getting a consolidated and meaningful stimulus package out of. Um, the Chinese authorities. You know, if you remember back to 2008 when, you know, they were in the depths of the financial crisis, they, they announced a, a massive stimulus package, multifaceted. It was large and it did what was needed to do in 2008 to, to right the economy. Now the Chinese authorities don't have the debt level of some of the other, um, you know, developed economies. Um, they don't have an inflation problem. And I, I think the market's starting to really build up a bit of frustration that we're not seeing a, a, a consolidated effort to, to address those three stimulus. Uh, well, as we're talking about China, let's actually talk about uh, Tungela. Of course, China being one of the uh, key uh, territories for exports there. Um, we did have uh, interim results out from Tungela. Revenue dropping by almost half and then profit also coming out less than a third of what it was uh, in the prior comparative period. I mean, I must say that even though they talk about uh, all the headwinds, uh, including the, the price softness and also the real issues with Transnet, the tone of those results, that results commentary, actually seemed quite positive. And you did see the markets kind of re reacting positively with that share price climbing uh, almost 5% on the day. So what ignited investor sentiment on Tungela? 
Yes, well, I mean, I, I would agree the the results did strike a, a positive tone. Mar- markets did receive them well. Um, and it just goes to show you how important China is to the South African economy and obviously these these resource companies in particular. So I, I think that the, the, the softness in the coal price and, and the effect on um, Tungela's revenues was was well known. I mean, you could you could see that coming, and you could also say in the prior periods they'd really come through. You know, extraordinary um, good periods for for that coal price and and the dividends as a as a result. So I I think this is probably more more normalisation. You know, when you when you invest in these resource companies, you understand the cyclicality and that you're not going to get this beautiful straight line appreciation mm. in profits. They are very lumpy, and and I think you're seeing that come through. Um, yeah, overall, I, I think that there were no surprises and that's probably why the market cheered that on the day. Yeah, all right. Well, let's talk about uh, Kuro. Let's mark their interim performance. Uh, so they uh, had mostly double-digit growth in their key financial metrics there. Uh, this on the back of a 3% growth in average learner numbers. Would you say that this is maybe reflective of its defensiveness considering that consumers are still quite under pressure? Yes, I, I mean I'd agree with its, um, some of its defensive characteristics. I think learner, you know, learner growth, even though it's low single-digit percentage in this environment, is terrific. And what yeah. you've got to remember about these business models is that they have got a very high fixed cost base. So any incremental learner they they add to those those schools to get them near capacity adds significantly more in terms of profitability. And you saw that. You saw you know, really um, a widening of, of profit that was, was quite pleasing. And I think, you know, shareholders will, will be pleased with a solid set of results. Uh, all right. Well, something that's interesting uh, that is uh, taking place in South Africa this week is the BRICS Summit. That's starting yes. tomorrow and ending on Thursday. Uh, are markets looking out for any specific things? Will, do you anticipate anything that could be market moving or not? As an IT, I don't think so. I, I, I mean, I, I think the, the big thing that we were watching a few months ago was if um, President Putin was, was going to appear in, in, in person. That, that would have obviously been massively negative. That, that hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my sense is this is a fairly non-event in terms of expectations. Yeah. Um, I, I think what our foreign policy needs to take very carefully is to how much proportion of our trade is done with these BRICS partners and how much is done with you know, countries in the Eurozone and the US and, and others. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with, with tightening up um, trade relationships, but I think you just got to be smarter than we've been earlier in the year on, on making sure that, that we're able to trade freely with, with all the partners in a very small open economy that, that really needs those, those ties. Yeah, all right. Well, let's get to your stock pick for today, Devin. Yeah, sure. This is, this is something we've chatted about before. This is the iShares 20-year-plus Treasury Bond ETF. This has been a, a wild ride for investors. I mean, investors in treasuries generally have um, had a lot more volatility than maybe they have been used to. I do think that with the credit ratings downgrade that, that happened recently, and we saw those U.S. yield spike, that's created a great opportunity to enter this trade. I think that as we start to see global central banks and the Fed specifically pivot, this is going to be one of the faster recoverers on that. Um, and yeah, we think a total return perspective, if yields have to get back to two and a half, three percent, um, this has got a potentially 40 percent total return upside. So something we're still watching closely and we still believe appropriate. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Devin, and your insights on what has been moving the markets today. That was Devin Shute from the Robey Group.